Chapter Four of the Pirate Woman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Pirate Woman by Aylward Edward Dingle. Chapter Four: Pirates Barbecue. A moment of ghastly hush prevailed. Then the grove shook from sward to treetops. Pandemonium broke loose, and all were in turmoil. No need now to wait for the verdict of the wax image, no further shifting of brazen glances or winking of knowing eyes, shrill voices of terrified blacks, hoarse bellowings of the hardiest rascals who had ever kissed a dripping cutlass, the throaty roar of men who had played willing lieutenants to the ringleader, all pealed up to high heaven for the culprit to come forth and taste of the queen's justice rather than wait for her vengeance. Roof! Yellow roof, they howled. They howled it until the forest echoed with the word. Peace, devil's spawn, cried Dolores, covering the crowd with an all-embracing smile of utter scorn. Think ye I need to hear the name? Go, all of ye, fill your swinish skins with liquor and trouble me no more this day. When I will that yellow roof appear, here he shall be drawn, whether he will or not. And in your carousal let this thought be with ye. Ye are dogs and slaves of dogs. By my will ye live. At my word ye die. The Red Chief is dead. I am your law, your queen, owner of your bodies and souls. Let any of ye seek to imitate Yellow Roof, and Milo shall pick your limbs apart as if ye were flies. Go now. There is rum broached and wine. Make a barbecue and fill yourselves to bursting like the vultures ye are. Hello, lads, that's your sort, roared a purple-faced ruffian with a hang-lip. A right proper gal is that. Give her a huzzah and crack your pipes, lads. Bravo, hang-lip, bellowed another of the same kidney. Spotted Dog had lost part of an ear, and the same knife had seamed his flabby jowl into the likeness of a bloodhound's cheek. His deeply pitted visage completed the ensemble, and no other name would have fitted him as well. Bravo, old cutthroat! Let her play queens and fairies if she wants to. Here's for the jolly grog, lad. Hey, Stumpy! Start a cheer for the pretty wench! So had the spell of the grove left them immediately they smelled the flesh-pots. But Dolores still held the altar. And Stumpy, having a keener memory perhaps than most of his fellows, took the warning that flashed from her angry eyes. He shivered slightly as his gaze met her, then hopping forward on his one good leg and club foot, he swung a knotty fist against Spotted Dog's creased jowl and growled, A turn with thy poison tongue, Spotted Dog. All hands, too, hear me talkin'. Here's a royal feast spread for us and the spreader's queen of the pirates. Don't ever forget that, lads. I ain't hankerin' for what Roof'll get. Away with you now, and I'll slit the wine-pipe of the dog that says disrespect to the queen. And so the rascals trooped down to their hut village, noisily, profanely, full of horse-play and ear-burning jests, but never a voice spoke any word that failed in its homage when Dolores was the theme. Snugly settled around the great rock door, the pirate's village looked out from a broad level platform over the darkening evening sea. In the center, its rear abutting on the rock itself, stood the great council hall and the dwelling of Dolores. 
In front of this black slaves busily heaped a great bonfire. Torches were thrust into iron rings on doorpost and tree trunk. Noisy ruffians tramped into a cool cave in the rock and trundled forth casks and horn cups, while Sancho the Spaniard bent over a whetstone, giving his knife a final edge against the arrival of the meat. A venomous devil was this Sancho, and his contorted face with the missing eye covered by a black patch worked demoniacally in the gathering darkness with each leaping flame of the ignited torches. The hand that clutched the knife was a thing of horror. Two fingers and half a thumb remained from some drunken brawl to serve the Spaniard in future play for work or debauch, and the man, crouching low over his stone, made a picture of incarnate hate that had no humor in it. "'Where's the flash?' screamed Sancho, looking up, his mutilated thumb running creepily along the knife-edge. "'Wet your tusks, lad, here's the blessed manna,' squealed Caliban, a hunchback terror who kept his maimed carcass secure by virtue of his viperish temper, coupled with an uncanny skill of the cutlass. "'Milo's our man! Huzzah for Milo!' Out from the tree stalked the giant Abyssinian, and the shadows and torchlight distorted him to grotesque proportions. He walked as if his weight was nothing, yet on his great shoulders he bore a half-grown ox, its feet hobbled, its tongue hanging from its panting mouth. Straight to the fire he stepped and cast his burden down, turning again without a word and going back to the rock portals. "'Meat for men!' screamed Sancho, crouching again, knife in hand. "'For men!' echoed Caliban ferociously, and whipped his cutlass out. "'Stand clear!' he howled, and Sancho dodged aside. The little terror's blade sang through the air with a wicked whistle. It curved high over Sancho, then flashed down and plunged through the throat of the ox, pinning the beast to the earth. And when he recovered his breath, the Spaniard swooped upon the prize, and his knife completed what the dwarf had well begun. Then began an orgy that must render description bald and colorless. Casks were broached by knocking out the heads. Long horns of cattle were filled to slopping over with rare wine or powerful rum. Then up leaped Hanglip on to an unbroached cask, cup in hand, and bellowed a toast that set the trees, the sea, the skies clamoring with rasping applause. The next vessel is heaves in sight, lads. May her sails be silk, her masts be gold, and her great cabin full of rum, with a pretty wench sitting atop of every keg. From the fire came the odor of roasting meat, and the black night came down outside, making of the small circle where the pirates sprawled a blotch of infernal light, peopled with infernal shapes. But a sprinkling of faces a shade less evil leavened the mass, for to the feast came trooping the women of the camp, of a kidney with the men, yet women, with women's beguilements and softnesses. Dolores sat alone in the great chamber, careless of the noise outside her beautiful face dark with sombre passion. Beside her chair Milo had placed her treasure-chests, hers now through the death of the terrible old corsair who had amassed them. Idly she had heaped the table with a glittering collection of gems that an empress might well have found interest in. But Dolores frowned as at so much dross, for her thoughts were far away. The filmiest of lace and silken shawls, jeweled slippers, gossamer gold-head dresses, pearls and rubies from India and Persia all lay in confusion at her hand, and aroused no spark of joy in her breast. From time to time her brooding eyes flashed, and fastened upon a priceless Rembrandt, laughing cavalier on the wall opposite. They flashed again when her gaze shifted to a colossal Rubens rape of the Sabines, 
her face lighted for an instant when her fingers in groping closed upon a cobwebby golden net scintillating with cunningly wrought jewelled insects caught in the meshes which had once graced the all-powerful head of pompadour where such things are are better she whispered vehemently clenching her strong slender hands fiercely where such are fashioned and worn there are people worthy my power my people pah she burst out passionately my people dogs cattle brutes without souls there she flung a hand impetuously toward the laughing cavalier there is the pirate who should call me queen there with a gesture toward rubens's great canvas are men i would command here i must stay why because a dead man willed it so may i wither eternally if i make not my own laws milo she clapped her hands and in a moment the giant was before her reverent awe in every line of his huge body sultana are my beasts well fed they eat like crocodiles guzzle like swine sultana see that the liquor flows freely milo and a word in thy ear we shall go from here as quickly as the fates will send a ship let no sail pass henceforth lady that may not be silence give me no may not when i dolores will to go who shall stay me death lies beyond the horizon for thee as for all of us sultana pirate the red chief was last of the band every man who calls thee queen is under sentence of death the pillage of a hundred ships lies here here is safety the red chief's law peace i am the law seek me that ship and quickly shall i live among such carrion when the world is peopled with such as those she cried with a sweeping gesture toward a life-size three graces by correggio epitomizing feminine grace indeed thou art fairer sultana replied the giant simply and the girl flushed warmly for all her moody dissatisfaction she smiled kindly upon the slave and said more softly thy devotion pleases me milo yet is my will unchanged seek me that ship i will go from here stay if thou wilt or art afraid lady returned the giant when the red chief thy father took me from the slave ship he gave me liberty liberty to serve him he has gone my care is now the queen his daughter going or staying milo remains thy bodyguard pardon if i offended thee thy father desired what i have told thee but the ship this evening at sundown a sail leaped in sight beyond the tongue this evening and ye said no word of it cried dolores blazing with fresh anger she leaned forward in her chair as if crouching for a spring it passed as swiftly as it appeared sultana no other eye save mine saw it the men know nothing it is well milo i had forgotten thy eyes were twice as keen as any other man's keep that condor's vision of thine bent to seaward and tell no man of what comes into view bring me the news i shall know how to keep my rascals in hand now go and send to me a woman to serve me a young woman nimble and deft give the old woman to the cooks for scullery drudge a woman here sultana here what bee buzzes in thy great head now the giant again looked grave the girl's impatience surged anew sultana don't forget that save thee and me servant of the great chamber none may enter here and go alive 
now by the fiend enough blazed the girl again i am the law wilt have it imprinted on thy great body with my whip milo made a low obeisance departed without further speech and in a few moments ushered in from the bacchanalian revels a maid for his mistress pascarette will serve thee well sultana he said leading the girl forward he saw approval in dolores's face and departed his luminous black eyes unwontedly soft and limpid End of chapter 4 Recording by Philip Gould